Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's He who controls the past controls the future He who controls the present controls the past White firefighters don't deserve tribal water. Guys wearing masks in the gym are gay. And cops don't deserve muffins. We're going to get to all of this and much more. But first and foremost, how are you doing, broski? I'm doing great, bro. I'm not on fire, so I can't complain. Yeah. Well, we, we are going to get to a lot of uh, Maui stuff today. We said we would wait wait until more stuff came out. A lot of stuff has came out. So maybe it'll be seen as we're a little bit behind the gun as far as Okay, a few a week or two after everybody started talking about it, but I really wanted to wait because there's some fishy stuff going on there, and there's some infuriating stuff. But um, yeah. to start out, what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about, and hopefully, by the way, people will be able to see me this time. Uh, I finished the last episode, or we finished the last episode, and then I went to go turn off our new camera from recording, and when I Click the record button. It started recording, and the red light flashed, and I felt like an idiot because I felt like that was a pretty good episode. And uh, nope, it was an audio only episode. So hopefully this time is better. If not, boy, that is going to be embarrassing. Easy to to you know edit, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I've switched my sleep schedule around recently, and I've started working out in the morning. Um, but I, I've got to see two different basically schedules of people. I was joking to a buddy the other day where I'm like, I really don't have a social circle. So the gym is the only time I socialize with new people. So I'm basically flipping my entire friend group. But one thing I've noticed in both the evening people and the morning people is masks. And there were the occasional throughout the last few years once the mandates went away. But now I've seen a resurgence in, in masks. And specifically what I was I saw today was uh, a little bit shorter than me, but average height, just jack dude. I mean, veins all through his arms, in great shape, young white dude, wearing a mask. And I just couldn't help but think as I'm looking at him, like, I do not respect you as a man. Unless there's some underlying issue that you have, I would get that. But this dude was in great shape. And I'm like, how can I respect you when you're, if nothing else, this fearful? It, you're He's coming out to the gym. just doing his part. <laughs> It's embarrassing. He's just doing his part for society like Fauci told us to. Duh. I mean, but now we know that that doesn't, the masks don't even work. I mean, there's a, I actually discovered this after the mask mandates had already ended, but those surgical masks, if you're sick, you're still not allowed to go into surgery because those don't stop bacteria and viruses. The only reason they're there is to stop spittle from going into, into the the body cavity or whatever the, the surgeon's operating on while they're in surgery and they're having to say things. That's the only reason they exist. It's not to stop bacteria. So I'm like, why are we all wearing masks when surgeons don't even think they work to stop bacteria and viruses? I don't know, but Instagram if, follows. <laughs> yeah. But I was just, I was looking at that guy and ironically my new, my new morning group of buddies at the gym who I don't talk to and probably never will talk to. 
um, because I'm very antisocial. There's this guy, there's this super jacked tranny, which more power to him. He doesn't bother anybody, but it's this dude. He has long hair, earrings, and wears a sports bra. This dude is 6'5", at least, and just an Adonis. And it is hilarious to me, but he's not wearing a mask. I was like, how do I respect this weird tranny more than I respect you, dude? Is he wearing the, the new sports bras to have like electronics in them or something? Like the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, a few other morons been wearing it. And the morons designed it to where it looks exactly like a sports bra. No, it's a saggy sports bra. And this, oh, dude, okay. this dude is very, very, very clearly going for, like he wears oh, makeup. Okay. He's very clearly going for. <laughs> That's a whole a new female. ball game. Yeah, but he's <laughs> six foot five and jacked. And when he's working out too, he does a lot of like compound lifts and he does a lot of CrossFit and stuff like that. And he's just sitting there with a giant kettlebell, just doing Turkish get ups, going, rah, rah. I'm like, I'm supposed to look like open up the female bathroom to you and be like, yeah, come on in the lady sauna. <laughs> he probably is a huge dong, but no worries. But either way, like South Park. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I respect him more as a man or whatever he is than the dude wearing masks. And I've just seen this so much. It's so stupid. A jacked guy wearing a mask in the gym as he's on the treadmill, on the elliptical. Um, when you're healthy. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I get a feeling that idiots like this are not going any time, going away anytime soon because there may be a new push for mask mandates soon. So this is from so CBS dumb. News. Is masking coming back as new COVID expert is masking coming back as new COVID variants emerge? Here's what experts say. Um, so as three new COVID-19 variants are spreading across the country, many people are wondering, are masks coming back? While the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have not announced new mask mandates, some school and businesses, some schools and businesses are reinstating this familiar pandemic era rule. I saw a lot of universities and then um, I can't remember off the top of my head the businesses, but um, but and depending on your situation, experts say you may want to consider it too. Um, let's see, people 65 plus and people who are immunocompromised could strongly should strongly consider god i can't speak today consider making masking during flu rsv covid season while indoor public spaces says dr celine gounder a cbs news medical contributor and editor at large for public health at kff news and for everyone else it all depends on what their risk tolerance is um well for me no um, so after COVID hospitalizations climbed nearly 22% this week, the CDC is predicting further increases. But the thing is, the, it's these new variants that are less deadly. So yeah. the more these variants come out, they spread quicker, but they're less deadly. And that's by design. Viruses, they mutate so that they'll spread farther because that's all a virus wants to do is spread. But they understand that they, it spreads less if it kills the host. So... All of this stuff, it'll be like the flu eventually. If you're old, get a flu shot. <laughs> like, yeah. this is this is simple stuff. I, I mean, am I wrong for just thinking that this is just common sense? Of if it was the black plague, people would you know sort it themselves and either wear a mask. Well, that's or, the thing. If it really was a big problem, put mm -hmm. the data out there and let people interpret it for themselves. Yeah. If I'm immunocompromised or I'm you know seriously afraid of it. Okay, I will isolate myself. I would do this. I would do that. But if you're like the vast majority of people and you're going to be fine, let people live their lives. 
Yeah. Like if there was something like an Ebola where people are walking around and there's people lying, bleeding out of their nose and mouths on the street, people <laughs> would take it seriously. I would take it seriously. Yeah. It's not the government to <laughs> force us when to take mask. it seriously or not. <laughs> Like yeah. If the government wants us to take it seriously, give us the information, and then we, the people, will decide. And believe me, if it's bad enough, people will be afraid, You'll and they see will not go shaved out. wearing a gas mask. I'm not joking. Like, you know, yeah. with Ebola. You know, there we go. Yeah. Burn the dead. <laughs> yeah. But this is also more than mask date mandates right. has uh, spurred on talks of a new COVID vaccine. Um, so Biden plans to ask Congress for funding to develop new COVID vaccine. We May don't. recommend shot for all. Uh, the announcement comes near a year after Biden declared the pandemic was over. So President Biden said Friday he plans to request additional funding from Congress for the development of a new COVID-19 vaccine, adding he may require everyone to take it, whether they previously received a vaccine or not. Um, again, no, screw you. You're not giving me the mark of the beast. <laughs> a bit pedantic, but seriously, I'm. He, let's see, he said, uh, yes, I can, the president said. I signed off this morning on a proposal we have to present to Congress a request for additional funding for a new vaccine that is necessary, that works. Nope. And you know there's people that have had every booster and every shot and will do this. And it's like how There much- are people who will do this without knowing anything about it simply because the Republicans don't like it. <laughs> it's... It's ridiculous. But then there'll be the same people to say, this isn't political. It's the science. And it's like the moral high ground. Yeah, they're the same people who are tweeting when Trump was in office. I'm not getting the Trump shot. And then as soon as Biden gets elected, it's the science. I'm imagining all my neighbors in Tempe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone in class. Yeah. Um, so enough with the, the COVID news. Um, we'll just have to see how that goes. But I... I don't think that people are going to go for it. I think people are over it. I think that they can try and do it and they'll it'll work for their base, but mm-hmm. no one's going to do it. I who who do you know, even a leftist normal people. We're not talking about the crazy partisans. Yeah. Just normal people, even they are over the mask mandates. Yeah, because normal people, even in like every class over spring, like it was only the crazies <laughs> that still masked up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even our professors, even the uh, the uh, lady that uh, you know that was just crazy. She she did not wear a mask at all. Yeah, not once, not the first one, not the last one. What's interesting too is, especially after all of this stuff. All of the vaccine stuff has come out to where it maybe isn't as safe as, you know, we had previously thought or maybe not as effective. Well, there was already Peterson. big problem problems with the African-American community. Why do I always say it? With the black American community mm-hmm. not wanting to take the vaccine. Good on them. <laughs> yeah, good on them. But right now, Trump continues to rise in popularity, especially after his mugshot with the black community. So now you add in mask mandates again, you're just further further alienating this group of people that they need to win. What is it if it drops below like 83% of the black black vote and the Democrats never win another election? Wow. So yes, it's something like that. And right now it's you know not anywhere close to that. It's like 90% Democrat, but still you now force black people to wear masks and to, to lock down again. It's certainly Especially not gonna help urban your case. centers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, But anyway, Biden might not even be in power long enough to enforce any of this or to try to enforce any of this. 
Um, so this is from last week. The National Archives has 5,400 Biden emails in which he uses fake names to dish government info to Hunter and others as VP. Um, so the National Archives and Record Administration has admitted that it is in, posse- it is in possession of nearly 5,400 emails, electronic records, and documents that potentially show President Biden using a pseudonym during his vice presidency. It was revealed on Monday. NARA, I'm not sure what NARA is, confirmed the existence of the trove in response to a June 2022 Freedom of Information Act request by Southeastern Legal Foundation, a nonprofit constitutional legal group. The request sought emails pertaining to the accounts of Robert Ware, Robert L. Peters, and J.R.B. Ware, pseudonyms in the 80-year-old president was known to use in the White House during his time as president under Barack Obama, um, or as vice president under Barack Obama. Um, so in other words, he, all of his stuff where he was saying, oh, I don't, I don't know anything going on with Hunter Biden's, or he would just say Hunter's, uh, business Business, affairs. Apparently he was using an alias and they have the emails. And in that article, people can go look at it. They show them where he was in fact, talking to Hunter Biden just under a fake name, which even if, Okay. At face value, you have to look at that and say, why would you use a fake name to just talk to your son about random things? That It's not from some random state. Like, your email's secure, and if your email's not secure, then why are you using it to talk about government things? You know what I mean? Yeah. So what would be the reason other than to distance yourself from that, thinking, oh, the media's friendly to me, everyone's friendly to me, they love Obama, they're not going to ever come after me. They love me. I talked about a quid pro quo with... Uh, Ukraine and the the prosecutor, you know, w- w- what did he say? He's like, son of a bitch. Six <laughs> hours later, he was fired. You know, he gave him the billions of dollars. So oh, it seems pretty clear to me that he just never thought that this really come to light. So he, you know, mm-hmm. did a little bit of a, a security measure thinking no one would ever look too deeply. Well, and they held on to those according to PVD and stuff because I – the uh, friend, uh, friend yeah, of the Patrick, show, Patrick David. Yeah. Whoops. My, yeah, my bad. And uh friend of the show, uh, Brandon, we, we were talking about this and it's just like, dude, I, I hope that something comes of this, but I highly doubt something will. And they, they, you know, it, it took him years to release these emails basically, but, but they've had them. They, it was file day a while ago and they're just sitting on it. <laughs> well, I mean, just every cock of the government and every part of it everywhere just does not want to do anything to hold anyone accountable. Well, the fact that these that Biden's even coming under heat right now is kind of alarming either way you look at it. One, nothing's going to happen, which just shows, again, the impotence of the Republicans. Or two, something does happen, which means that the Democrats want Biden out, which means that that's part of that is that's part of a larger plan, probably more sinister plan that's being executed. So either way you look at it, it's, it's it almost sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But um, speaking of things that are being done and hopefully things that can be that can improve uh, the justice system and or maybe help us get us some justice. Um, so effort to recall Alameda County DA Pamela Price takes major step forward. Mm. So Oakland, the effort to oust Alameda County District Attorney Pamela Price moved forward Tuesday afternoon as an organization filed the intent to recall paperwork and the needed signatures to officially begin the process. 
Um, so I guess this is because of high crime. Uh, Price has faced criticism for how she chose to charge two high-profile pri- murder cases. One was the shooting death of two-year-old Jasper Wu, who was riding in a car with his parents when he was fatally shot in the head. The other okay. case involved Blake Moss, a loss prevention officer at a Pleasanton Home Depot who was shot and killed four months ago during an attempted shoplifting. Um, you you brought this to my attention. Yeah. Do you want to tell a little bit more about this? Yeah, I just think overall uh, more more counties should be doing this. And now actually L.A., since, since this is, has happened... Uh, Boy, Gomez or I forgot the the uh, DA in LA and uh, now and also San Francisco are all under uh, you know heat basically because they just keep getting murder cases, letting him off the streets, and then lo and behold, someone goes and you know commits murder again. And well, like I, I don't in, know in this too, Home Depot, but I'm assuming that it has to do with. Race. I'm assuming the perpetrator in these oh, yeah. two shootings was black. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, and and like in the Home Depot one, like you know, this guy just does his job. He wants to be a cop. He eventually stops him from stealing. They they go get a gun and come back and you know and swack him at point blank range. You know, call him out and and, and shoot him for disrespecting them. <laughs> yeah, and she wouldn't even meet with the uh, victims' families, and that's where they've all kind of gotten vocal now, to be, being like, hey, this is this is just too 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 far. And then, you know, half of the uh, news just goes like, along with clearly it. Clearly because no she doesn't think they story. did anything wrong. She clearly is like, yeah. screw them. You're not part of my group. You're, no. you're not... <laughs> I'm, I'm black, so these people are my group, and it's my team versus your team. It doesn't matter what the law is. And that's not what a DA's job is. <laughs> no. Your job is to blindly apply justice. You know, what is it? The the famous statue of Mother Justice with her, or Lady Justice with the blindfold. But... Yeah, supposed to be blind. This is a... Uh, yeah, so she... It sounds like it's racially motivated that she's... A hundred... Yeah. It, it's just woke BS and people in, in Oakland, California. I mean, just one of the most wokest places ever. You know, got it on the the ballot to uh, get her recalled. So, and other people are doing that now, and and uh, Cali are trying to uh, get in, in in these other cities. So, I mean, overall, is it going to be a big deal? Probably not. But I don't know. What about like Austin, Texas, and a few of the these other places? Maybe they can uh, get rid of some of these morons. I, you know. Yeah. Well, people are getting. We can vote fed these people out, it. guys. It's um, yeah, and that's a local position where. It doesn't take a lot of votes swinging one way or the other to get these people in or to get them out. So that is somewhere where your individual vote has a lot more impact than, say, a general presidential election. But this is a bit further down. But because we're talking about this, I'm going to move forward real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's see. This is, you know, on the topic of crime and specifically New York and California and just liberal cities. yeah, so financial firm migration takes $1 trillion each out of New York and California. Um, That's some big boy numbers. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. A huge price tag has been assigned to the cost of exodus of financial firms from New York and California during the past three years, at least in terms of the value of assets they manage. According to a new study from Bloomberg News, which says it has reviewed corporate filings for more than 17 thousand firms since the end of 2019 new york and california each have lost firms that managed assets and company encompassing one trillion and then this other article um by newsmax.com 
Wall Street firms moved $2 trillion out of New York and California. Um, repelled by rampant crime, high taxes, and exorbitant housing costs, financial firms managing $2 trillion in assets have left New York and California for Texas, Florida, and other Sunbelt states, where the cost of living is as much as 40% cheaper, Bloomberg reports. In the three years through March 2023, uh, 370 major investment firms with $2.7 trillion in assets under management, 2.5% of the total assets managed by investment firms in the U.S., moved their headquarters to a new state. Even North Carolina and Tennessee saw more than $600 billion in assets seek refuge primarily due to Alliance Bernstein's jump from New York to Nashville in 2021 and Allspring Global Investment giving up San Francisco for Charlotte in 2022. Um, Love to hear yeah, it's because they're sick and tired of of this mass crime, these high taxes, this policy of, oh, we hate the rich, so we're going to tax the rich. And there is a disdain for sp- especially the people in finance on Wall Street. We hate them. And I, I'm not going to say that I like them either because there's a lot of corruption there. Um, I just recently watched The Big Short, which I don't know how accurate that is, but I, I did enjoy the movie because I'm like, yeah, no shit, these people are super corrupt. Um, with the subprime mortgages, but all of this stuff, these these liberal-run cities, and I, you know, I don't like Republicans either. I think that they're just as authoritarian when they want to be as the left. But these policies clearly don't work, and people who are focused on a bottom line are a perfect example of that. P- places that have been there historically since the '30s are like, we're out. Sorry, no thanks. But I had some videos of uh, just some of the. The crime going on, just the people not caring, just straight up stealing. The flash mob robbery that is so brazen, it's leaving shoppers feeling uneasy. A swarm of criminals, some of them armed with bear spray, descended on a Nordstrom's in Los Angeles and made off with as much as $300,000 in merchandise in just minutes. Les Trent reports. Shoppers are on edge today after this terrifying video shows a mob ransacking the upscale department store Nordstrom. The 30 brazen thieves were covered in masks, hoods, and gloves as they wreaked havoc, grabbing high-end clothing and bags at a Los Angeles mall in broad daylight. This thief tries to steal luggage but discovers it's attached to a security cable. He finally gives up on the leather bag and opts for a pink bag. The mob was in and out of the store within minutes and used a bear spray on a security guard, stealing $300,000 worth of items. Across the country, cases of smash and grab robberies are causing devastating losses for retailers. It's estimated that organized thefts have amounted to nearly $100 billion in losses in a single year. The recent uptick over the last few years with smash and grab robberies, it is definitely a new trend. These people are violent. They instill fear uh, and intimidation upon people. Today, the Los Angeles Nordstrom that was hit by the flash mob, our cameras found at least three security guards. LAPD Sergeant Bruce Borihan. We're looking at over 30 individuals, over 30 suspects. We're asking for anybody, any person that may have been here in the parking lot, inside the store, or know That's any a community suspects, contact of people, the police. By the way. If they're brazen enough to come here and do that in the middle group, of the that day, is just it's just going to get more and more dangerous. does not care. No consequences. Yeah, and then I had That's a... Like when you watch video videos here. on the San Francisco stuff, it's like 300 people... You know, are doing two thousand robberies, and you're just like, my goodness, this is insane. People are tired of it because then when they go back to that store, yeah, when they go back to that store, everything's more expensive. 
That or the store leaves. So yeah. those 30 people caused that store to leave. Now nobody can get the stores. People are over the crime because it's not a partisan issue when it's right in your face. Yeah. Here's another video. Someone just trying to stop them. So what are you going to do? Call the cops? They're not going to do anything. And how angry they get throwing, throwing punches whenever... Whenever somebody tries to stop them, infuriated. And it's funny because you actually hear, you'll see people complaining about this. They get extremely angry when someone's trying to steal stuff that they're stealing or that they have stolen. I've seen multiple videos of this where brawls break out because they're mad. You're stealing my stuff. It's like, you're stealing the stuff. But now you feel like, no, well, that's wrong for him to steal my stuff. It, it makes no sense. There's no logic there. It's just scum. You just stole it, but now he can't steal from me. Yeah. But uh, I, if what the stores want to stay there, stores stay there. But we're seeing like with these financial firms, stores are leaving. People are over it. And Walmart's and Target's in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And New York leaves certain areas. Well, there's places that are like their first Detroit. store in San Francisco. There was like a Whole Foods there that was the first store ever. I believe it was San Francisco. But they shut down because it's like, yeah, we, we can't make any money because people keep stealing our stuff. And then, again, what are the cops going to do? Even here in Phoenix, Arizona, the, the guy at Walgreens is telling me, two people have told me at Walgreens as I watch people walk out with stuff, cops aren't going to do anything. <laughs> they just tell us not even to acknowledge them. Just let them take whatever they want. So it's, it's extremely frustrating. But, hey, it's on them. They want to do that. They can do that. But... Mm -hmm. I think uh, if I had a store, that would not be the case. I would, <laughs> I'd have a bouncer at the front of the store, and I'd only allow a certain number in at a time, and the doors would be locked when those people were in. I would get real. I would not put up with this if I was in these places. I'd be like, okay, now you're going to have a very annoying shopping experience because you guys are scumbags and children and you can't do basic things like operate in a free economy so yeah the problem is that ends up being that the pro bono lawyers they show up for that yeah <laughs> That's yeah what they show up for civil mm -hmm. suit lore yeah well i've i've also seen videos of people where they laugh because they're like yeah i've been arrested you know 14 times in the last month and every time, I don't know where they come from. A lawyer comes out, bails me out. I don't get charged, and I leave. And then I go and do it again. <laughs> but that's why it's also satisfying when the criminals end up in counties that aren't Cook County or the, these like other places. Then the sheriff's just like, "Yeah, the, the, this isn't Cook County. We had a we had charge around here, or whatever, you know." And yeah, it's, it's like five years minimum. <laughs> I do like, love right. I do, that or I love the justice when like the, those store clerks just beat the crap out of that guy with his stick. Just, <laughs> I, I yeah. love if the cops aren't going to do anything, then I love, you know, I love, I can't condone legally, especially not on YouTube vigilante justice, but I love seeing people stand up for themselves and defend themselves. And I, I love the concept happen. of the rooftop Koreans. I yes. wish we'd bring it back. If the law's not going to do anything. Okay then we'll take care of it. And if the cops try to arrest us, okay, well, now cops, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have, you know, 30 store owners saying, nope, you try to take it, we're going to kill you. Bring yeah. in the National Guard. And then, okay, let's see, let's see how that goes. Do we have another, 
you know, shot heard around the world. I don't know, but I'm tired. If the cops aren't going to defend the people against the criminals, then you're useless. Get out of there. Cops of San Francisco, you're useless. Just go sit in your patrol car. Let us sort it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, not sure San Francisco can, you know, sort it out at this point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, speaking of in- impotence and uh, the government doing things, uh, it's time to talk about Maui um, because this basically this whole situation. We're going to get into many different aspects of it, but it just shows how incompetent the government is, the federal government and state governments. Um, so we're just going to watch this this video here. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll watch the whole thing. It's only five minutes, but um, it's an article entitled Maui Residents Shred Biden for Tone Death Comments During Multi-Million Dollar Photo Op Visit. Um, I just thought it was a funny thing to start out with. President Biden is back on vacation in Lake Tahoe after visiting Maui yesterday following the deadly wildfires. Some angry residents protesting his visit over accusations the White House isn't doing enough to help. And comments like this from the president being viewed by some as inappropriate. You guys catch the boots out here? That's a man. Aton Kuffner and Amanda Cassidy both lost homes in the fires, and they both join me now. Uh, good morning to you both. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about uh, this with us. Aton, um, President Biden is vowing to help rebuild Maui. He says for as long as it takes, but as we just saw in that footage, there is some anger with residents uh, in Maui. Uh, some people held signs that said no comment or what took you so long to get here. So how do you view President's Bi- President Biden's visit yesterday? Well, you know, um, I saw them flying, but, you know, the anger is, 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 is normal. You know, um, there's hundreds, if not thousands, dead right now, by the way. The, the official death toll is like just slightly over 100, but so many people are missing. For a longer like stay they because the rebuild of their homes is, isn't going to take uh, three months, you know. It's going to be about. And he to commented and was comparing his experiences to the people of Maui and shows how out of touch he is. It's just, uh, it's a huge mess right now. So just to see more money being wasted when we could have just used it, he just could have been on FaceTime with a little quick op and, you know, just um, said, said, said his feelings um, over the phone. You know, we didn't even fly over here. That's for sure. Yeah. Like I said, uh, there's a lot of families displaced. So that money could have gone elsewhere. There certainly are. And Amanda, I want to play something for you that's getting a lot of attention this morning. Uh, it's a portion of President Biden's speech. And in it, he's talking about a small fire that broke this out in his house almost 20 years ago. Thankfully, that fire was contained to only his kitchen. Wait, Listen to this. You trust these people to take care of you? Lightning struck at home. On a little lake, it's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. Tell that to the community that just that lost thousands of people. To the devastating fires that ravaged your community. What do you think about that moment? I think it was a little bit tone deaf. However, I can't understand how he was trying to... Ah, shut up. <laughs> Gotta somehow make it okay. I but, can um, yeah, no, that's so <clears throat> people are extremely mad about him because he's coming in after the fact and <laughs> making jokes, laughing about it, and not giving like the, the we're going to get into it here. There's 
basically been very little federal aid that's gone there. They tried to give people like 700 bucks <laughs> for affected residents. But um, to get into how these things started, um, or more government competence, if you will. So Maui emergency chief resigns after defending decision to not activate sirens during wildfire. Um, so the head of Maui's county emergency management agency resigned on Thursday, a day after he defended his decision not to activate sirens during the cat- catastrophic wildfires that have taken more than 100 lives. Uh, Maui Emergency Management Administrator Herman Ayandana cited health region- reasons for his resignation, which took immediate effect. Doubtful. Um, what did he say? Uh, we were afraid people would have gone Mauka. Uh, and Daya said, using a Hawaiian word for mountainside. And if that was the case, they would have gone into the fire. Um, Given the gravity of the crisis we are facing, my team and I will will be placing someone in this key position as quickly as possible. So in other words, the the sirens, which were there to alert people to the fire, they didn't sound them because they don't think that rational people can keep from going into the fire. They think that better just to wait and then hopefully the fire doesn't get to them. No, the tell the people that there's a fire. And then people, if they go towards a fire, will see that there's a fire and will go the other way. There's no defense of these actions. They were there in place for natural disasters to include forest fires. But um, so this is... Keep voting for it, though. Yeah. Well, even... Not that Republicans are better, but it's like, again, when you go completely one way and... This complete incompetence, and we got to be at one with the water, and the water's got to be one of us, and it's more well, important that's, yeah. so I have that this, we protect the environment of Hawaii than we protect Hawaii. <laughs> so not only did they not sound the fire Where's alarms, Momoa? but the fires who were fighting the fires, they wouldn't even give them the water because of diversity. So we're going to listen to this clip as well. Her official has been reassigned after allegedly refusing to transfer water resources that would have helped firefighters battle the Maui wildfires. The Hawaii Department of Land and Natural Resources Deputy Director M. Kaleo Manuel denied requests from Maui firefighters and various entities to open up reservoirs and streams as the fires grew more out of control. Even after firefighters told the department they'd used all the on-hand water and were desperate for any help, Manuel reportedly delayed their requests. Here's Manuel. Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god and a kua, kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was something that was really, really important to our worldview. My motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity. Well, the world's top- I guess that worked in the sense that everyone equally burned to death. Um, but yeah, that, that's why people are mad is that was what was going on. No federal. And then as the, the Hawaii government is completely failing the people, it's two examples right there. Uh, the federal government isn't stepping in. So let's see. This is survivors of Maui fire set up their own aid network as trust and government falters. Many residents are staying put near their burned out homes and away from official relief centers set up on the other side of the island. And uh, there's an article here talking about it, but I actually want to talk about, or I actually want to show a video. It's a little bit long. It's about five minutes, but this is a video that someone took who's actually on the ground helping, who's talking about how there is no federal 
I'm getting a call from the VA. Oh, I thought that was going to be them calling me because they're trying to do another CMP exam today at 9. And uh, I told them no, so I thought maybe I'd get them on the phone saying, you have to go to this appointment. But anyway, um, yeah, the these people are angry, and this is why they're angry at Biden, is this video talking about there's been no federal aid. So the, the Hawaii government is incompetent and impotent, and the federal government isn't doing anything. So we'll just watch this. He was Chris Benka, born and raised on Molokai. Um, the night of the fire, I was watching the news and saw a lot of footage, and it wasn't until the internet footage started coming in at about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning that I saw people basically jumping in the water, running away from the fires. I thought to myself that I've got a lot of good friends and family that live there, and some of them live on the boats. I couldn't sleep the whole night. The next morning I woke up, I told my wife, I gotta go. I packed up and I head out. I got some supplies, whatever I could grab, water, food. I headed over there to help with whatever was gonna go on. And when I showed up, it was horrific. It? it was terrifying. I, I, it put me back. I sat down, I cried for a while. When I pulled up, the, the town was still on fire. The response from the state, DLNR, was non-present in the water. Uh, my first priority was to get there and help with whatever I could help with. Uh, my second priority, I put out on the internet that if there were any families in need of getting off Maui and coming back to Molokai, I set a date and time and place and you meet me there, I'll get you home. The people that I did bring home said that they had a hard time with the internet. So my message wasn't received by all. The second day I told my wife, put out the word, I'm coming back again. And this time I was gonna go outside of the zone to Oluwalu's where they had set up the roadblock and bring people back from there. And when I got there that day, um, I brought home a few people and I took back a few tourists to their hotels. They were trapped, they couldn't get back in. They wanted to go home because a lot of the hotels in Wailea were gouging. They were paying like 700 a night. This guy was so cool that he took in um, two families with him. He put nine people in the room with him. I had no problem taking him back to his hotel, getting him going. I also took in supplies for people. What I couldn't understand is that, why did we have to bring supplies with the boats? Why did we have to transport supplies from Ma'alaya to Kahana by boat when everything was on trucks waiting at the roadblock to get in? When we delivered the next day, that night, I get a call from my friend Kamaili Alkan. He tells me he's got nine pallets of food to go to the Kahana. So we took over nine pallets of food, water, supplies. Where was the county? Where was the state? Where was the Red Cross? There was no aid for the people there the first day. Second day, third day, nobody shows up. I'm still running supplies in. By the fourth day, they open up the road. I come home, I say, great. And at the same time, they shut the road down again, stopping supplies from coming in. I heard a story about a person that they loaded up the containers and containers of food and supplies did reach Lahaina by the second day, I think it was. But somehow the Red Cross put a stop on it. So the containers were just sitting there at, at a hotel in Kaanapali. The guy who found out put it out on the internet and told the people there, hey, you suffering, go get it. Don't wait, go get it. So I guess that's how some of the looting started, but it's understandable. Molokai, we're all about action. More action, less words. Politicians, more about words than action. Sometimes too much education, you lose common sense along the way. Man. And it's true. 
common sense tell you that the roadblock, cars showing up, trucks showing up, loaded down with supplies. Common sense tell you, let them through. Give them an escort. Let them through. But nope, you stopped everything, bruh. For four days, bruh, no food, no water, no supplies, no help. All they wanted you to do was leave. But as you know, in, in disaster areas, when they come in and they, they want you to leave, you go to a shelter. FEMA, Red Cross comes in, helps you, gives you money, and you move on. People never return back. So a lot of the Hawaiians don't want to leave, bro. They don't want to leave. They know what's going to happen. Big money, real estate, going to come in, offer them money. They'll never come back. Some days I did up to two boat trips, but most of them I just stayed there and helped along the way. Shuttling food and supplies from Ma'alaya, where they had the roadblock in, into the into Kahana, into the danger zone. Yes, it was all out of my own pocket. I, I'm not even worried about being paid back or anything. I'll go as long as I could. And then um, my wife put it, I put it out, out there that, you know, I can do more if people help me with gas. And a lot of people started donating money for gas. And some people from the mainland, I never even know, just donated. So that was awesome. It was local people with family and friends in Lahaina that banded together. Kamaili Alkan, the Mana'e boys. Big shout out to the Mana'e boys, bruh. We see friendly market donate. Everybody just pulled together because a lot of friends and family all in Lahaina. All I want to say about donations, that if you guys want to donate, don't donate to the Red Cross. Don't donate to organizations out there that think they're going to help. Donate to the local people there. There are people there that are starting their own shelters and taking care of the people there. If you want to see your money go to the people of Lahaina, the Hawaiians, the locals, and not to some politician's pocket, donate to the grassroots foundations of Lahaina. Well, I think that uh, Hawaii just became a purple state. But <laughs> no, there's a lot of there's a lot of conspiracy theories. I think that probably the most likely thing is that like roads getting shut down and stuff. It's just bureaucracy and it, you know, incompetence. It's them. One person says, oh, well, there's, there's downed power lines, so it's dangerous. So we can't let the people in. I think that's more likely. But there is some weird stuff going on here. I had this video, too, that someone took from there. It's a neutered little island. There seems to be a huge emphasis on ensuring that the media and anyone else can't see what's going on here in Lahaina, in. West Maui. There are come miles and miles of this black fence going up that was not here before that is obscuring ground zero and making sure no one can see what's going on inside of there from the road no one can get in there no one can take any pictures and then i've also seen these weird foreign police cars showing up these special police what I, i'm not sure what to call them this is a nissan but there's quite a large presence of these standing guard around the perimeter we've also lost our ability to fly drones really anywhere near this area now this 20 second clip here that i i tried to get out of my car and show what was going on I was almost immediately, after these 20 seconds, National Guard came, chased me off, yelled at me, told me to get back in my car and keep moving. So you cannot pull over, you can't even stop your car anywhere near any of this anymore. Now, that is extremely weird. I personally, what I, I think is the most likely is that they were extremely incompetent, it got exposed, and I think that it's way worse than we know. I think that there's... 
lots of dead babies scattered around, burned to death, and just horrific stuff. And I think that they just don't want people to see. So they don't want their incompetence exposed because it's bad politically. So now they'll come in and they'll spend resources putting up this this big black fence. They'll cordon off the area. They'll they'll have uh, drone you know no go zones where they'll shoot them down. I think that's more likely. But it is it is weird. It does make you wonder what is going on. What don't they want us to see? But either way, if nothing else, this should show people the incompetence of government. They will not protect you. They will not save you. There was points where there were people who the, the road was stopped by cops. They wouldn't let people through. And some people towards the front were fine. But just lines of cars back behind them. People burned to death in their cars. So the government, even if they are trying to help you, are in, unable to help you in most scenarios. And I mean, every... Every post-apocalyptic movie there ever is, it's kind of a trope at this point, but they say when the government tells you not to freak out, you should freak out. It's true. The government does not handle these situations responsibly, especially not when they're run by people who are worried about, we're not going to give water to the firefighters fighting the fire because of equity, because these are tribal waters, man. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I, we just had to talk about yeah. Maui now that we have more information, um, we'll, We'll see if any more conspiracies come out. But either way, just a complete clusterfuck, incompetent government, and then trying to cover it all up. Yeah, and why live in a state that just neuters you? And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> when you say neuter, like with guns and stuff, or just oh yeah, guns, high taxes, yeah, bunkers are like, like all that stuff. I mean, it's just it's been a solid blue state for since World War Two. Yeah. So, well, speaking of guns, by the way. A nice way to transition into something else that's the government they won't take care of you in a crisis but they will make sure that you're not prepared for a crisis um so hundreds of gun dealers lose licenses under biden administration crackdown so the biden administration is revoking licenses from hundreds of firearm dealers in a significant escalation of federal enforcement actions that has angered many in the gun industry it has also provoked disagreement among law enforcement veterans. Some say it is a welcome change after years of wrist lapse, while others say it is it risks alienating some of the government's most valuable sources in combating gun violence. Um, the reason they say that is because historically they've looked at gun dealers as their first line of defense in identifying potentially dangerous people, mass shooters, stuff like that. The theory is that they will, in return for the government not messing with them, they will be open with the government and report, hey, this guy, I get a bad feeling about him, look into him. And now they're saying, okay, well, if you alienate that group of people, then they're going to be like, screw you, I'm not going to help you federal agencies at all. However that dynamic works, I don't know. But either way, um, looking into these cases, it's silly, it's clerical errors. It's it's There are some instances where people... They're getting their, their licenses removed for repeat, like clearly breaking the rules, even if it was an accident. But a lot of it is silly stuff, like they messed up an address or they they did sub, you know, they submitted this document before this document. Um, so, again, I'm not a, a lawyer, so I don't feel comfortable getting into specifically, you know, what what they did or didn't do wrong. But... For anyone concerned with guns out there, it appears to me that this is very corrupt and they're just coming out and kind of like with 
with the whole Trump thing. They show me the man and I'll show you the crime. They're like, we don't like you. We're going to find something on you. And only the squeakiest of the squeaky clean who have never even made a clerical error are going to get through. But um, definitely not something that's good and uh, something that more people should care about. Uh, so I'd advise you if you're interested or if you are a lawyer or very savvy with the law, um, please look more into that and then t give us some more information because um, I'd like to know more about it. Um, do you know, do you had anything on that? No, no one ever does care. And at this point, you just watch Washington Gun Law or any of the channels and there's a comment, there's a bunch of dumb people saying abolish the ATF, but <laughs> I don't know. At this point, the, you know, cat's kind of out of the bag with... Uh, <laughs> You know, all these federal agencies is going crazy. At, at a cer certain point, either things have to fall apart or we'll end up with the National Registry one day. That or people just collectively stop listening to them. That or local law enforcement says, you know what, you're not enforcing rules. You know, we're going to do the supremacy clause. A couple states have done that. One. Yeah, not nearly enough. Constitution. Yeah, Tennessee. Again, you Florida. can elect sheriffs. So people should... Pay attention to that. Elect a constitutional sheriff. That'll help help you quite a bit with this stuff. Um, so let's see. Leave our kids alone. Protesters and LGBTQ activists clash outside Los Angeles Unified School District headquarters as parents demand to be told if their child changes tr gender. Um, three are arrested. So billed as dueling strikes, the procession saw hundreds from Leave Our Kids Alone and an LGBTQ group march on the intersection of Third Street and Baldry. Uh, let's see. A, ma a mass brawl broke out between two opposing groups outside of Los Angeles Unified School District Tuesday, leading to three arrests. A pro-LGBTQ group clashed with a parental rights group over requiring schools to notify if their parents, if their child identifies as transgender. So basically, the school, the school board is saying, uh, yeah, we don't have to tell you if your kid transitions. We're just going to keep their gender identity safe and they can live as this gender at school, um, which I think is gross overreach of the school system. Um, but of course it's California. Um, but at luckily these, point. if the school districts aren't going to stand up for what's right and they're going to cave like they did in Temecula, then at least the parents are going to, I have a, there's a video of some of the brawl here. Life is changing, but at least parents are getting mad. This is what I've said before is, if this can be just the one issue that causes leftists in California and these places to wake up, okay, I'll take it because... This and retail theft? Yeah, this and retail theft because, man, it is sinister what's... Just the education system in general and the power they feel that they have, the, the rights that they feel they have over children, the entitlement. Yeah. One breaking news but in downtown uh, L.A. We're dueling uh, rallies facing, facing off. LGBTQ groups are countering. Parents, parents rights, rights protesters, protesters in a heated, heated exchange, exchange over school, school curriculum. Good afternoon. This, this is, is the KTLA 5111. And I'm Luke Parker, the dueling rights. But yeah, good on them. You know, um, obviously, I would prefer there not to be violence. But again, they went there to protest, and then Antifa shows up, and these crazed LGBTQ counter protesters, all dressed in black, I just saw in the video, with riot gear. And of course, there, there's going to be violence. And of course, in California, the cops are going to be biased. 
Um, Because the entire justice system is biased against people of one political affiliation, which is our final two stories that we're going to talk about today. Um, But before we get into that, um, you know what? We'll skip Forever Chemicals. Um, It's... um, I wanted to talk about forever chemicals at some point because it's kind of like the pre-war steel thing. Like, oh my God, what have what have we done? <laughs> but um, we'll we'll skip that. What time are we at, by the way? Fifty-three. Fifty-three. Yeah. So we'll skip that. We'll skip uh, San Francisco bakery. We'll do. Um, actually, we will do the bakery, um, and we will skip the NASCAR because. I said it in the intro that that's what we would talk about, and then we'll get to our final two stories. So let's see here. Um, San Francisco bakery refuses to serve police officers, cites no gun policy. Life is changing. Stop it. Um, bigoted and discriminatory. Let's see, the San Francisco Police Officers Association denounced the bakery's policy. Um So the San Francisco Police Officers Association blasted a local bakery after it refused to serve an armed police officer. The police union shared that one of their officers was denied service this month at Reams, California, an Arab bakery on Mission Street due to being armed and in uniform. No cops allowed. That's the confirmed policy of the bakery chain Reams. The SFPOA wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter. The post includes a photo of an email exchange between the union and... The bakery where Reams spokesperson wrote, at Reams, we do not have a policy to not serve any, we do have a policy to not serve anyone that is armed and in uniform. Um, See, presumably this includes members of the U.S. military, the police union responded. Um, The bakery, they consider it bigoted and discriminatory. Um, And it is bigoted and discriminatory. Um, They said Mm -hmm. it kept, this policy keeps their employees and customers safer. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Absolutely does not. I mean, um, screw San Francisco. The first person they will call when some crazed ho- homeless guy with a knife or a gun comes in there to rob them will be the police who will come in uniformed with guns. And I hope that happens. I hope with their no gun zone, they are robbed every single day. These retards. Yeah. But either way, what annoys me about this is I believe San Francisco is the same place where that baker got in trouble for uh, not baking the cake for the homos, um, the the gays. Oh yeah, supposed to be a bit that's of a happened joke a couple there, places, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, Where's the consistency? <laughs> yeah, there is no consistency, and uh, you can discriminate against police just like you can discriminate against white people yeah. or straight people, but. You have to make the 14th amendment is pretty clearly against this stuff. It's how interracial marriage became legalized, how gay marriage became legalized, but then they want to roll it back in. Well, now that things are equal, we want to discriminate selectively and we want to give special treatment selectively. But you know what? In my opinion though, the reason it annoys me because of the way the law is, but I think that they should be allowed to do this, but I think that also you should be able to have a whites only bakery. Not that I would go to that bakery, not that I support doing that, but I think that you should be allowed to discriminate against whoever you want. As long as you're not infringing on anyone's constitutional rights, if you have a private establishment, sure, have no cops, add in albino skateboarders and people from Tunisia. I don't care. But when it's unequally applied, that's my problem. If we have a standard, we all follow the standard. You don't get to 
to uh, be separate from that standard because you're part of a protected group or because it's popular to not like cops. You won't have society anymore. Yeah. It'll be gone. But speaking of uh, no, you know, not having equal standards. So as we, you know, we've seen with the, the summer of love and just years of Antifa protesting, burning down police stations, people Billions occasionally get people will occasionally get four years or something like that. For the most part, let off ras, rap, uh, slaps on the wrist. But former Proud Boys leader Joseph Biggs, Zachary Rell, sentenced to Jan sentenced for January 6th edition. Uh, Big sentence is the second longest in connection with the Capitol attack. So two former Proud Boys leaders who had been convicted of seditious conspiracy for their actions during the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol were sentenced on Thursday with the judge handing down one of the longest sentences yet to come for someone charged in January 6th. Uh, U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly sentenced Joseph Biggs, the former leader of the group's Florida chapter, to 17 years in prison. He sentenced Zachary Rell, the former leader of the Proud Boys Philadelphia chapter, to 15 years in prison. And that's half, by the way, of what the prosecution wanted. They wanted 33 years for January 6th. Um, this is insane. Anyone go look up the, the January 6th footage. He, he pulled down a barricade. He yelled. He didn't attack a cop. He didn't attack anybody. He was yelling, and he tore down a barricade. It's trespassing. Maybe you give him a couple months for rioting. 17 years and more than that, pushing for 33 years. That's unbelievable. But 17 years. Political intimidation, man. <laughs> exactly. This is, I mean, this is insane. He's a political prisoner. I, I talk about John Kinsman being a political prisoner. Joseph Biggs, I, you know, I've called the people that went to January 6th retards that hyped up thinking that they're, they're going to overtake the, the U.S. government. But this is asinine. This is political prisoner, clear as day. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, this is like Gulag Archipelago shit. This, I, I don't know why more people aren't furious about this. We'll talk about Trump's, Trump's indictment. It's not fair, but no, one, no one's talking about this. This is scary shit, man. But... Yeah, people would just instead <laughs> pay attention to whatever they want to pay attention to. So, yeah, whatever the keys that are dangling in front of him, right? Yeah, and it's because he's right wing. Just just like the Biden stuff, you know. No one's gonna ever actually care. This is infuriating. Yeah. Well, here's some more infuriating stuff. And again, I don't agree with what these people did or even their ideology per se, but five pro-life activists sent to federal prison for blocking Washington abortion clinic. Activist Lauren Handy is one of five pro-life activists who face as many as 11, as 11 years in federal prison for cons convictions to conspire to blockade a Washington abortion clinic. So after a raucous jury trial, five pro-life activists face as many as 11 years in federal prison for convictions to conspire to blockade Washington abortion clinic. Um, so basically because, uh, so what happened was they went into, I don't know how, how they got in, but they got into an abortion clinic and then they kind of set up residents in a stairway and then they weren't necessarily blocking people, but as people were coming in, they were trying to plead with them not to kill their child and talking to them and causing a ruckus. Yeah. Annoying, trespassing, whatever, but facing 11 years in prison for that 
when if it had been reversed and that was a crisis pregnancy center, which yeah. have gotten attacked in crazy numbers over the last few years, especially since Roe v. Wade got overturned and nothing happens to those people slaps on the wrist. You push someone over and, you know, in front of a subway car. Now nothing happens. You know? Yeah. Like this is again, the justice system is so corrupt, man. And it's so biased. And uh, I complain I about no that now, it. but what scares me even more is when the Republicans get in power, they're not going to change any of this. They're going to just further things and make it, okay, we're coming after you now. And they're going to keep, then the Democrats will get in and they'll keep raising it, raising it, raising it until we're just lining people up against the wall and shooting them. <laughs> I mean, and we, no one's we laugh, power. but it really, it doesn't take long to get to that point. I mean, when we're talking about like Joe Biggs is like 40 something, 17 years in prison. I mean, that's, you're talking about like he's going to be an old man by the time he gets out. These people, 11 years in prison, some of the people are like 61 for trespassing. I mean, there's people that could die. Some of those people could die in prison. This is serious and it does not fit the crime. So how how much longer until, okay, well, now these sentences get even crazier and get even crazier. And then it gets to, okay, well, now we're going to start putting people on death row. And then like this stuff happens very quickly, especially when when there is no side saying, no, don't do this. Yeah. When the side that's supposed to be doing that is instead saying, oh, wait till Trump gets in, buddy, and wait till your own medicine tastes. That's that's a scary future yeah. right there, buddy. Boy, I don't like what the future holds. <laughs> no, I do not. But um, anyway, that's our show. That'll get us to the final video here. So if you would Don't not worry. mind hitting dumb ways to die, that would be groovy. It's just a short one, but... There's no sound, but for those listening, it's this guy. He drives up to a train track and a vehicle right in front of him crosses, and he banks a hard left turn because right as he does, uh, this train goes barely through. There are no... Nothing across, no the lights blinking. And man, you are dead. And he would not make it across. He is dead if that train hits him. Man, that would that would be terrifying. Our uh, our father actually got hit by a train. He works for the railroad <laughs> and he uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was in a was it like a not an ATV, but a uh a rhino or one of those things, a four by four. And yeah. uh yeah, another guy was driving and clipped it and spun him around and let go of him. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have been crushed. But yeah, knocked him like twenty, like knocked the thing spinning twenty feet or something. Just yeah. crazy power. Yeah, it is amazing when you, I've been on a tear recently of watching train like derailment videos and man, the power behind those things. They they don't look like they're moving that fast, but there's just so much kinetic energy. You do not want to get hit by one of those things. You don't even want to be around when one of those things derails because yeah. cars go flying. Imagine but, having um, to clean that up, too. How do you clean that up? I don't know. I've thought about that for just like the, the headache. I hate 
like working on big projects, like when we build houses or carry wood or something like that, it's just like, I hate that feeling of everything scattered around and it's just going to be that way for weeks or months or days. So like going on to a, to clean up a scene like that, where it's just going to be slow moving. Ugh, I hate, I hate that. It gives me OCD anxiety, <laughs> but, yeah. um, Anyway, we'll wrap it there. A bit of a long show, but uh, you got anything, broski? No, good uh, episode today. America's uh, lost his mind. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, the camera was recording me, but um, either way, keep a book on your nightstand, read it before you go to bed, that way you're smarter tomorrow than you were today. We got to We got to We got the best.